Alchemist, Reverend Levity here of Alchemist Theater. The theme this month, as chosen by the guests of last month's get-together, is letting go. So first you'll be hearing some of my thoughts, and then we'll be hearing from Reverend Divine, and hopefully something from Professor Daylover in the form of a blog. So as always with our themes, the alchemists take a look at what's going on in our life, what's going on culturally, and we try to channel a message that we believe spirit wants us to bring to you. So my message this month for the theme of letting go is very specific and may not resonate with a lot of people, but for those it resonates with, it might really hit home. There is a dark side to being a person with natural clairvoyant and psychic talent. And that is sometimes I see things that scare me because the visions that I'm having might affect me personally. Like for example, maybe I see something that triggers my jealousy or my selfishness or my need for control. The temptation, especially as someone who struggles with codependency and narcissism or narcissism light as I like to call it, is to then try to exert control over the situation, this vision that I downloaded in an effort to thwart what I saw. And this is really hard as somebody who has been given the gifts of foresight. It reminds me of that television show from the early 2000s called Early Edition, where the main character would get tomorrow's newspaper on his doorstep and then he would go out of his way to like change the course of events. And that's totally different because if you have been given the gift of foresight and there are things that you could make a difference about, then you absolutely should. Apparently Charlotte wanted to be a part of this video. Oh, she looks angry. <laughs> She's an angry old lady. You just gotta let it go, Charlotte. You just gotta let it go. The hard part for me has been learning a couple of things. First of all, when are the visions that I'm downloading really just projections of my path logos? Path logos being the lens through which I see the world. So the, my path logos is formed by my inner child, my wounds, my traumas, my biases, my judgments, and the way that I see the world, my shadow, my unintegrated shadow, my gifts, my talents. And so all of those things create my path logos, the lens through which I see the world. And sometimes you can be projecting your own stuff onto a neutral situation and deeming it as a vision, a psychic vision, a clairvoyant download, something like that. So learning to decipher between when I'm projecting and when I'm actually downloading clear and specific visions from spirit, that's been one part of my journey. The other part has been learning to decide between when I should do something about the vision that I'm having, um, whether to make it happen faster or to completely circumvent it from happening versus when I need to learn to let go. An example of when a clairvoyant or a psychic could use their powers selfishly, this is a really superficial kind of high school example, but it really paints it perfectly, so I'm gonna go with it. Let's say you have a crush on someone, and one day you have a vision of this person that you have a crush on having a really great profound relationship with, let's say, your best friend. As the psychic, you now have this vision, and you have a choice to make. You could act selfishly and attempt to thwart that vision by making sure that those two people don't spend any time together or by that was the sound of my cat puking talk about letting go am I right <laughs> oh god or you could 
spend all of your time and effort trying to hook your best friend up with another partner so that they become in a relationship and will never discover their feelings for this other person. Again, this is a very superficial example, but it really paints a picture of how somebody, given the gift of vision, could use that for their own selfish gain. And it can be really hard to learn to let go. Because the truth of the matter is, if that is a psychic vision of those two people falling in love and being together, no matter what you do, how much manipulation or control you exert over the situation, it's probably gonna still happen anyway. In fact, you could even end up playing a role in that simply by trying to be involved at all. So the real gift and the real healing comes in the psychic clairvoyant person learning to let go, no matter what their visions are. It can be a real test of patience, faith, and trust for the person given the gift of foresight to let go and let God. So much of my journey this last month, and I do blame those who chose this theme for forcing me to learn this, is learning to be with my visions allowing them to be, staying open to what's a projection versus what is a real download from spirit, and then trusting God to bring events to fruition as is in thy will. Thy will be done. So now of course the question is, how do you know when you're projecting and how do you know when you're supposed to let go and let the vision be? And the answer is, you gotta do your work. I know that's super vague, but what is the work? Meditation, prayer, constant self-reflection and shadow work. And because it is so hard to see ourselves, I highly recommend creating a network of people that you love and trust, who are trained in this work, who can give you honest feedback about what you may not be seeing in yourself. By staying on top of your work, especially your shadow work, you can keep your lens clear, you can keep your shadow integrated, and then you can sit more confidently in knowing what exactly the visions that you're having are about and how to sit with them, keep them to yourself, share them when it's time to share, and exactly what role you're meant to play in them. For all you psychic, clairvoyant, alchemists with the gift of foresight out there, I would love to hear how this message resonated with you and how it applies to your life. Thanks for watching. Hey everyone, Reverend Divine here, and today I'm going to be talking about letting go. And is anyone else super tired of the phrase, let it go? It seems at the core of so many of our spiritual practices. Insert commentary here about the phases of the moon and the seasons changing and the waves of the ocean. Or insert story here about a metaphorical snake shedding its metaphorical skin. We talk about release and letting go quite a bit, but often when we talk about it, we underscore its difficulty and tend to blaze over the practicality and the steps one needs to take in order to actually release and let things go. And that's really what I wanted to talk about today. We've all experienced the difficulty and challenges of letting go in our life, within ourselves and with those around us. We've all had those friends, coworkers, and families who Though we're patient and understanding of where they are in their journey, sometimes feel that energetic drain and it can have some severe consequences like disting ourselves or uh, putting up walls and barriers in order to somehow protect ourselves from that energetic drain. So, for today's sermon, I scoured my books and the internet, well, mainly the internet, let's be perfectly real and honest here, because I really wanted to understand how other people 
handle the process of letting go. And my research yielded one promising and all-encompassing method, and that is ritual. And how important ritual is for any number of journeys and difficulties in our lives. And as I was going through, people were like, you need to have a journal and routinely write things in said journal. You need to meditate. You need to pray. You need to sing Let It Go at the top of your lungs and do a contemporary dance that releases all the energy out into the universe. And all of these are acceptable, they're fine, but for me, one size doesn't fit all. It's like when you go and have Lay's potato chips. One chip, or even one serving, does not satiate me completely. I've had a small taste of that salty liberation, and I certainly want more. So me being me, I attempted to satisfy the intellectual side of my brain that often when I engage in ritual goes, this is dumb, this is not working, I should stop this now, with my creative, expressive, spiritual side that loves ritual, that loves custom, that loves engaging, especially in a kinesthetic movement where I actually feel as though I'm moving the energy within my body. I came up with my own ritual process when it comes to letting go. And that is the cost-benefit analysis of holding on. Now, like any other cost-benefit analysis, the core of the practice is ascertaining whether or not holding on to something is serving you and how much energy are you actually expending and holding on to that. So, this is how it works. Now, many of you at this present moment might be thinking to yourself, at no point is it ever a good idea to hold on to the past and you are ready to pass go, collect your $200 of spiritual brownie points and land on boardwalk. And great, if that's where you're at, but I think that reveals how ready we are to bypass the steps necessary in truly releasing and letting go of things and land on somewhere other than where we're at. And I wanted to create a system in place that reduced and even potentially eliminated the shame that we often experience and the shame we often carry about what we're holding on to. Because we feel that judgment, whether that judgment is internal coming from within ourselves or external judgment for other people about what is exactly the timeline of healing? What is exactly the timeline of letting things go? There is no answer. There is no right amount of time. Some people seem to release and let go of things quite quickly in the moment and that's admirable. And for some people, they take a little bit longer and that in and of itself has such beautiful potential for growth, expansion, and our own internal understanding and the understanding of this world. So here's the practice. Ruminate on everything that you are currently fixated on and list it in a decorative journal of your choosing. Next to each line item, decide how much energy out of 100 to make it easier for us mathematically disinclined individuals that you are currently spending on said feeling, emotion, situation, story every day 
week or month, whatever timestamp feels most appropriate for you. And once you finish that list, I want you to look at it and I want you to ask yourself, am I comfortable with spending this amount of energy on this? And if you are, great. You've made that decision for yourself. You've decided that you're comfortable with the amount of energy you're expending on whatever event or situation because maybe that's what you need right now. Maybe you do need to pour your energy into it and that's okay. If you're comfortable with it, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Again, this is about the judgment that we internally create or the external judgment that others place upon us based upon the belief that we should be somewhere other than we're not. Now, if you've asked yourself that question, am I comfortable with spending, let's say, 25% of that 100 on this situation? You go, oh, no, I'm not really comfortable with that. That seems kind of a lot, and I'm kind of ready to move on, but I'm... If it's not a resounding yes, then I want you to sit with it for a while and ask yourself a couple of follow-up questions. Why am I uncomfortable with spending this amount of energy on it? And what do I need right now in this moment to shift some of that energy and to bring that percentage down? And then I want you to listen to your intuitive compass because there's no right and perfect path. There is no one size fits all. There is no one model that's going to work for everyone and in every situation. And so that intuitive feeling, that internal voice may tell you, hey, maybe I need to talk to someone either professionally or someone in my social group about what's going on right now. And maybe I need to write out the entire story and all of its details and reflect upon it. And then maybe I need to change that story. Maybe I need to go out into nature. Maybe I need to read, meditate, pray, do some yoga, whatever it is, whatever comes to you, do that. And then a day, a week, a month later, you're gonna take out that decorative journal that you've been wanting to put to use for so long and you feel so proud of yourself because you finally are. And then you're gonna make that same list and you're gonna ask yourself how much energy you're spending on each situation. And notice if anything has shifted. And if it hasn't, that's okay. All that reveals to you is that you tried something, it didn't work, and you need to go back to the drawing board and try something different. This is a trial and error experiment. And maybe meditating for one of those items worked really well, but this other item, not so much. Ask yourself the question again, am I comfortable? And maybe after some trauma, some story has reduced in percentage by 5%, you go, I'm comfortable with that for right now. Maybe you feel on a roll. You're like, ooh, I am shedding everywhere. Great, I wanna keep going. I wanna release and let go. What do I need to do next? And have fun with it. Really, spirituality sometimes feels like this arduous journey and that this release has to be hard, but allow it to be fun, you know? Allow it to be creative and expansive in the ways in which you do release and let things go. Maybe it's a kickboxing class. Maybe it's a solo journey across the United States in your car and some Spotify playlists about release and letting go. 
Maybe it is that interpretive dance. Whatever it is, don't be bogged down with this idea of this is stupid and isn't working. Because remember, if it doesn't work, it just means it's an opportunity to go back to the drawing board and do it again. You can always pause this list. You can always put it away for a little while. You can return to it as often as you need to because you have agency over how quickly you are moving along on this journey. Quickness doesn't mean that you're further ahead, doesn't mean you're more spiritually advanced, does not mean you're more enlightened. It's just the speed with which you're comfortable with moving through things. Sometimes if you move too quickly, you're gonna glaze over and you're going to ignore or bypass or overlook certain important details that are essential to your growth. But don't worry, the universe has a wonderful way of bringing those things back around in new situations. So going quickly isn't always necessarily the best practice. It's whatever feels most appropriate for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We cannot wait for justice happening this September. Make sure you like our page. Make sure you check out our website for all the amazing happenings here at Alchemist Movement. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and week. And God bless. I love you. Praise.